0: thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Begin to thank him in your hearts for everything he's done
0: rather than the things that he needs to do. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. And we honor you, Lord. We honor you. Thank you for everything you've done. You are good and your love endures forever Before judgment you give mercy Thank you for your mercy That triumphs over judgment Thank you that you are the God of mercy And unfeigning love
1: I pray by the grace of our Lord Jesus That everyone sees you as this Thank you Pray that you come for every person here today, Holy Spirit, and bring breakthrough to them.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, Lord. Beautiful worship, amen. Thank you to everyone who is worshipped, helped with the setting up. Bless you all. Without them, we cannot do what we do, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Who's ready for today? Amen. Today it's going to be a lot of preaching by experience. Things that I've seen. (coughs) This is a this is nine months in the making this preaching and I had to bite my tongue for the Lord to tell me, I can start. <laughs> for nine months, I bit my tongue. Lord, can I share a little bit? And He said, this week I can start. Amen? Amen. I don't know which ones to start. This is the problem. Whatever gets preached today, or however far I go, whatever the Holy Spirit brings to the surface, it's to heal you. Anything that He exposes, it's to have more of Him. Don't look at nothing in the negative. And I say this, so if you do get uncomfortable today, from certain things, because we are preaching about, unfortunately, I have to share this, and they are demonic altars. So many people that are Christian, they see it too shallow, they see it as sin, but it's deeper than you think. So what fuels sin, what fuels sin, or what allows you to remain in sin, or what allows you to remain in the flesh, is dictated by a demonic altar. And in the Old Testament, I'm going to show you. But I have a few things to share. Okay? I have a few things to share, just to open your understanding. Okay? This one is an eye opener. One person. One person asked me last week. uh, Helen shared. Is Helen here? No, Helen is not here. She shared a testimony. Didn't come back. (laughs) She's not getting the microphone again. (laughs) so one person come up to me and they said to me they said uh, her father got healed and how come a lady that come to get prayer didn't get healed and she had a form of sickness cancer and I want to show you what the Holy Spirit said to me Because we think we read the Bible, in the name of Jesus, be healed, and it's done. There's a wisdom with every healing or every deliverance. How the Holy Spirit navigates, it's crucial. But you have to hear this one. Because it's an eye-opener. So one person come to get prayer, one person come to get prayer. And it's not to expose the person, it's to give you wisdom, okay? I never want to expose anyone, but wisdom is from experiences and encounters like this. And I have to share it to you. So the person said to me, how come that man got healed of 86 years old and he had three weeks to live and this lady didn't get healed that you prayed for? And I want to share what the Holy Spirit said to me when I come to pray for her. Most people will get it and I hope you do. But I want to tell you what the Holy Spirit said to me i saw the lady her mum robbed her from living life her mum robbed her from living life she she didn't get married Uh, she served her family didn't get to enjoy her life didn't get to get out and do whatever she wanted to do not saying in the evil way but she was deprived by many things okay and her mum, was, her mum was the result of her not enjoying her life, her not settling down, finding a partner. And she's become like a, in a way, like a widow in her own house. Like just see the build up of why, what got them to that place? Because that's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Not every situation is like this, but what got them to this place? The Bible says in the Old Testament, no curse comes without a cause. Nothing comes without something being, unfortunately, instituted by the devil. And there's many things, but I just want to share this one that he said to me. And the first thing I said to her, you're ready to forgive your mum. You're ready to forgive your mum. And she looked at me and she paused. Because when someone comes up for here for prayer, it's not about pl- uh, praying a blessing and peace be with you and you go your way. I want people to hear from the Holy Spirit. And what happened was the Holy Spirit said to her, are you ready to, he told me to tell her, are you ready to forgive your mum?" And she nodded her head and the Holy Spirit said to me, not, not in that moment, He said to me when I was sitting here and I finished praying for all the people, I sat here alone. And the Holy Spirit said, can I teach you something? And I said, tell me. And he said to me, if she doesn't forgive, she's chosen to die. Because the greatest way she can get back to her mum out of spitefulness for all the times that she... Locked her in the house is by her remaining sick and suffering and choosing to die. Now, did everyone understand this? So the greatest way, unforgiveness, that turned into resentment, not being dealt with, if she doesn't choose to forgive her mum, the unforgiveness that caused the resentment is, I'm going to let the sickness stay in me, to punish you for what you've done for me. You understand? Does everyone understand this or I'll explain it again? So the Holy Spirit said to me that this sickness can feed her unforgiveness, can, rec- can, can feed her resentment and the greatest way she can get back to her mum is by suffering in front of her and making her carry this burden for the rest of her life. And it's just, it's just interesting how the Holy Spirit shared that with me because the healing is blocked by the unforgiveness. But that thought process, if it's not brought to the light, that's what you're actually doing, they wouldn't understand that they're still walking in unforgiveness. By you trying to punish someone for what they put you through and isn't it interesting that when parents or people put us through something we choose to remain in that suffering to show them what they've done to us and this can fall in any category let's say you come off you come out of a bad upbringing I want to remain a failure so I can get back to my parents I want to remain a failure and I want to remain in a place of suffering to get back at my parents to make them pay for what they've done to me. Isn't that an eye-opener? Isn't that an eye-opener? And we do it indirectly. Husband and wife, uh, parents to children and fellow believers to other people. I'm like this and I've derailed in in the greatest way to show you what you've done to me and to make you suffer for that. But the only one who suffers is that person. But it's just the wisdom. I want to share this wisdom. That if the Holy Spirit didn't share that with me here, I wouldn't have understood in the way that I've understood. That she can choose to stay in that sickness to get back to her mum. It's an eye-opener. How many people here that have come from broken families choose to stay in their suffering to have something, something spitefully against their parents? And at the end, it comes out. You know, I'm like this because of what you've done to me. So, your suffering is a way of getting back to someone. And anyone can do this. Just something to think about. Something to think about. Is it, is it so easy just to heal and, and, and command healing? The Holy Spirit gives wisdom for every situation. And she, in a way, chose to hold on to that sickness to make the other person suffer for what they've done to her. I find that unbelievable. I find that very, very intriguing. That the depth and the layers of unforgiveness that turns so bitter and resentful towards someone is willing to suffer at their own cost. This for some people here. Next one. I'm talking about demonic altars now. I share something that happened last night. I had a dream. I have dreams always. <laughs> I had a dream. And every time the Lord wants to communicate with me regarding Satan's kingdom, he takes me to where I used to live in Lydgum. This has been for the last nine years. So he took me, but I want to open your eyes, because we look too much in the physical where it's spiritual. And uh, he took me to Litcomb and I'm standing on the road, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I know why I'm there now. I know God wants to communicate with me in, the, in a way where I'm encountering Satan's kingdom and I'm standing there and I said Holy Spirit why, why am I here I'm outside on the road and he goes look down the road and there was, two, there was two demons carrying two people they were men that I've preached to you have to do this and the Holy Spirit said look those people that you preached to I don't want to name them just to keep the peace they're not here And he said, look, the two people that you preach to, uh, they're in trouble and they're getting attacked from the enemy and you're going to fight who they are. So I'm walking to them. One is a very old man and he has dementia and the demon's carrying him. And I come probably from here, five meters away, and he said, I'm the demon that's caused dementia in this man. He said, I'm responsible for him. The other one said, I'm responsible for all these failures in his body. And there was a massive list. And there were two different demons attacking different ways in the people. And, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave them. And isn't it interesting? When one does not know how to fight that spiritual war, f- that war, God takes his people that know how to fight to fight them off them that's how good God is even though they have a shallow knowing about Jesus Jesus is too faithful he's too faithful and we clashed we clashed and it was was like a big fight on the road we were clashing and they both said these are my victims and I went and we clashed and we were fighting in the name of Jesus let go let go of them and then they both left them and they ran off. And I'm carrying each one in my hand. They're weak, they're vulnerable, they're sick, they're suffering, and the mercy of God is on either hand. And it's just interesting how the Holy Spirit took me in there without praying anything to fight a battle. And it's just how God is waiting for people. To stand spiritually, to understand things spiritually, so you know how to fight. Someone will say, go have x-ray. Or, what did the doctor say? I know where it's coming from. And it's actually the truth. I understand now where it's coming from, because God showed me. Someone would say, you know what, Uh, that's the destiny, that's normal now, everyone's gone through it but God's teaching us the real battle and how to really fight. And if we are not in tune, you can't fight and set people free. Does that make sense? The other one said, I'm the demon of dementia. How can anyone think that dementia is a sickness that just comes out of nothing? That's way beyond me, that one. and they, they said, these are my two victims. And I carried them both on my shoulder and they were suffering. And the mercy of God was on both of them. I just shared that with you. God is waiting for people to rise spiritually so you can fight the devil of people. And isn't that a testimony in itself? That if you don't come to a level of spiritual authority with Jesus, the rest of the people miss out next to you. And I can't say any other way, not to put myself here or anyone down. If you don't rise to a spiritual level, uh, you have no authority to deal with Satan. So the Holy Spirit showed me this. And it links up exactly with my teaching. So I'm going to share about demonic altars. A lot of people, (coughs) let me teach you something about demonic altars. There were altars in the Old Testament. There were altars in the Old Testament, false gods, where different tribes had false gods. And it's just interesting that every place that Abraham traveled, he he made an altar to worship God. And it's just interesting how the Holy Spirit let me understand it like that. Every place that Abraham went, he set up an altar and he worshipped God. And it's just interesting. He worshipped God against their gods. And a lot of people see sin as sin, but it's demonically influenced. Now let me say it like this. If a sin is if a sin continuously repeats itself or it's repetitive it's influenced by a demonic altar and this can be generational this can be doors that you've opened there's many areas that demonic altars come and let's say you're trying to clean up yourself and say you know what I want to stop doing this and you don't know who's instituting it and who's Chaining you to it, uh, the sin remains. Do, don't get uncomfortable. I share this. I waited. I waited for nine months to begin this. To begin this phase of teaching. Now I was in a narrow. I was in a narrow path. And I was on a massive mountaintop, but in like a a European country. And where all the houses are just stuck to themselves. And there was a massive hilltop with a valley going down. And as I looked at the valley, there was a massive hole in the ground. And this massive, ugly-looking devil come out of the hole. And I'm by myself on the mountain, by myself. And he's pointing at me. I come for you. I've been sent from the kingdom of darkness for you This three months ago. And he starts walking with me. He walks out of that hole. Thousands of demons are behind him. Thousands of demons. I follow him and they're chanting when he's saying, I come for you. And since I got saved, I've had these encounters where they were harassing me. But now it's a battle now. Now it's it's a battle. And I want to share what happened. They're chanting, he goes, I come for you. You're a threat to us now because you've exposed us. And he's talking and he has, you know, like a sea lion, how they have those massive fangs, yes? They've got massive, massive fangs. And he said, I'm one of Satan's chiefs. He goes, look at my teeth. He goes, there is flesh and blood on my teeth. He goes, I'm responsible for going around the whole world and getting into Christians' minds and thoughts and entering their heart. And he goes, I'm the one that torments them, but I come from the mind down to the heart. And he goes, I'm the one responsible for destroying Christians, but I begin in their thoughts. And he said to me, look here, he's talking to me. He said, look here, all these, de- all these demons, they at my command. That As I attack their thoughts, I begin to harass their body. And he said, now, I didn't come for anyone else, I come for you. And I'm looking, and I'm standing on a mountain. It's interesting how God lets me understand it. I'm on a mountain of authority. And in that moment, I got sent to a room, just me and him. The demons weren't there anymore. And he goes, now I've come to peace your thoughts. And you know the day I came to Christ? I got attacked like that. The very thing, depression, anxiety, mental thoughts, to the place of suicide. And he said, now I've come for you. And when he said that, the anointing of God in my dream came over me, and I grabbed his head. And I started to smash his teeth where there was flesh and blood on it. I started to smash his teeth. And as I'm smashing them, little crack by little crack, little crack by little crack, little crack by little crack. And I'll smash them. And I said, I have authority over you. And I'll smash them and they'll crack and they'll get weak and they'll crack until they all fall out. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I'm teaching you how Satan's kingdom works, but I'm also giving you authority to deal with them. And he said to me, take him, take his head now, I dragged him. This time he's on the ground, toothless. Uh, when My hand, it symbolizes authority. And isn't it interesting that when Satan casted out demons, he cast them out by the finger of God. And uh, he said, "Take him out and stand on the mountain and show all the demons what you've done to him." I took him out, and the demons saw. Each one of them turned around and walked back to the place they came back from. And it's just interesting. Someone gets negative thoughts. Someone is attacked like a place of they can't cope. And someone would say, "Renew your mind." and and in a sense it's true but the holy spirit always takes you to the source in what you need to deal with because there are ranks in satan's kingdom and what he said puzzled me he goes i'm assigned from satan's kingdom to go around the whole world and penetrate christians minds and he goes i only come from the mind that that, like sea lion It hits the head and it hits the heart. You know, the animal, the sea lion, when it it wants to kill its prey, it comes in the head down and it kills them in the heart. And isn't that interesting? That if we're not sound in the Word of God and sound in the Holy Spirit, the enemy can do this to us. But it was very interesting how the Holy Spirit is starting to show me the dimension of Satan's kingdom. And believe me, I went through this intensely. And then, from that dream, he took me to a massive circle. A massive circle. There was a lion there. It's biblical. There's a roaring lion. There's a serpent. There's a scorpion. There's a, there's a bear. Uh, what else was there? There was a leviathan, like a crocodile alligator sort of thing. And all these reptiles come around me and they would manifest differently. They would attack a Christian differently. But each one had a method and a system to at- attack the Christians. And the Holy Spirit started to show me the ways that they work, the ways that they attack. Now, I'd cast out demons out of people, and they'll start to walk like a, like, a, um, like a lion, or like a snake, I've seen it, but for God to show me in my dream that that's how they operate and work, not to put your focus on it, but just to teach you so you can be in tune, to understand that sin, sin, without it being influenced from Satan's kingdom, it's false. It's influenced from Satan's kingdom, and it's called altars. Now, we have altars in the New Testament. You remember when Jesus said, if you have someone when you bring your gift to the altar and you have something against someone leave your gift to the altar and go and make peace with your brother so there is a spiritual altar which is actually your heart and it said that romans 12 your reasonable surp- your s- reasonable surface is to offer yourself off- offer your bodies as a living sacrifice an altar is a sacrifice who is that sacrifice now us we are the sacrifice of god Our body is the sacrifice. And imagine Satan's lured you into an evil altar and you're trying to get rid of the sin. You're trying to get your life right, but it doesn't leave you. It keeps on harassing you. Whether it comes up one week, six months, it's there until you deal with it. Now, it's interesting. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit took me down this path but it's an eye-opener. Okay? I'm going to share... Be patient with me. I'm going to share... about... I'll share Gideon. (coughs) So I'm not going to read the scripture... I'll just leave it. It's from Judges, whoever whoever wants to read later. It's from Judges chapter 6. And this is Gideon. I'm going to read it because I wrote it down. And I want to speak about it so you can understand. Sin by itself, without being influenced from Satan, it's not true. It's influenced by Satan. He's the one behind it. When God called Gideon to free Israel from the Midianites, he built an altar in honor of Yahweh. He named the altar of peace and dedicated it to the Lord. Next, we see that Gideon's father had an altar on his property, but Gideon destroyed it and broke down the idols that were on it. The Bible tells us that Gideon did this because he knew that his father's altars belonged to Baal. Gideon understood the importance of breaking down family altars and dedicating them purely to the Lord. By doing so, Gideon was able to lead Israel to victory against the Midianites. The Midianites, as a group, represent sexual and idolatrous threats and are ruthlessly attacked by the Israelites. Okay? So here we've got an altar of the Midianites against the altar of God. Okay? Bear with me, please. So, the Midianites as a group represent sexual and idolatrous threats and are ruthlessly attacked by the Israelites. The word Midianites means to rule or to contend for your life, pleading with you and governing your conscience. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, someone? So, please pay attention. The Midianites as a group represent a sexual and idolatrous threat and are ruthlessly attacked by the Israelites. His name means to rule over you, to contend for you, and to plead for you or to govern you by your conscience. If we can go quickly to... We go quickly to... Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 So I just want to show this to you. Let's say so many believers, let's say so many believers are getting attacked in these areas of their life. It's not sin by itself. It's influenced from the kingdom of darkness. And it's called an altar that is connected to your heart. Because something that repeats itself, something that repeats itself and continuously repeats itself in your life, there's an altar that needs to be dealt with. Okay? Now we have the altar of blood, the blood of Christ, that deals with every demonic altar. But let's say that you haven't brought this to the Lord and you haven't seen deeply inside of you of what's actually happening with you from week to week, month to month, year to year. Let's say you fall into these areas and you feel like, I'll go to the Jesus, get forgiveness, and I'll keep moving on with my life. Next month comes again. Next month comes again. Next month comes again. That's an altar. That's a demonic altar where they, they are fueling the sin for you to remain in that place. So when Jesus takes you, when Jesus... When Jesus comes, he comes to destroy the works of the devil. And and what does Satan want? He wants our worship in our hearts. The altar. And when you understand, with every sin, it's influenced by a demon, you will start to look at sin very differently. And you start to deal with it very differently. So look here what it says. He's quoting here, the God of the... Midianites. All this here is what the word Midnight means. And isn't it interesting here um, that Israel, they come ferociously attacking the Midianites. What does it tell you? You don't be a friend with these. Come with all your authority. So when they come, everyone's different. When they come, the their job is not to cause you to sin. Their job is to put an altar in your heart. That's their role. Their role is to have an altar in your heart to take the place of God because that's where we worship Jesus from. It's very important you know this. Satan mimics it. Isn't it interesting that when Moses went to get the commandments, Satan mimicked another altar? You understand? The God of Horeb, the, 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 the golden calf, represents all these. Isn't it interesting that Satan counterfeits every altar? He counterfeits every altar. The, while M- Moses was going to get the commandments of God, Satan was putting another altar in man's heart. Has anything changed? Nothing's changed. We're still wrestling with the same thing. And it's the truth. So, he says yeah, put to death, therefore, death, they came ferociously, he's quoting that scripture, they come ferociously, destroying every person in the Midianite village, he's showing them the, the mindset you have to have towards, which is their God, their deep, their demons. And it says, Yeah, therefore put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. That's an idol. It's a God. He's quoting that scripture. He's not quoting sin. He's quoting the God, the demon of this. So you begin to see, you begin to see the greatest work of the devil is what? You begin to see every person here. The greatest work of the devil is What? What is the greatest work of the devil? It's for him to have an altar in your heart. Can you understand? It's so clear. The greatest work of the enemy and his attacks are very strategic. He knows how to attack. He knows where to take a step back. He does everything. He knows. He knows. Every attack he knows. He's got a strategy. He'll leave you for years and come back so that altar doesn't get interrupted. And it's just interesting, it's an eye-opener, because an idol is where you used to sacrifice your life. Walking walk in all these, this is only one of them. You sacrifice yourself on the altar of Satan. What is he interested in? Building an altar in your heart. That's all he wants, he wants your worship. And a lot of people are trying to cut the tree, get rid of these things. They don't know it's a demonic altar that has to be dealt with by the blood of Jesus. And you take it to his throne. And you be... Let me tell you something. So many people are asleep because I get forgiveness. I go to the blood of Jesus, get forgiveness, and I start walking again. Weeks later, they're in bondage again. Weeks later, they're a slave to it again. What is this called? An altar. An altar that connects you to Satan. You need to get this. Because what does Jesus do when he comes into your life? He takes away what? He takes away sin. You don't feed it anymore. He takes away sin. He takes away the altar that's fueling the sin. That's why John keeps saying the one who keeps on sinning has neither known him or understood him. Because when Jesus comes, he breaks that throne. He breaks that altar. You don't feed that desire anymore. And you begin to see, am I this person? I never used to see sin like that. That it's, my sin is demonically influenced from a higher authority that causes me to do the physical things. I thought, it's normal. Everyone sinned. I thought, it's normal to have these desires. It's normal to live with them. But when you understand whose altar you're truly worshipping from, you'll start to pay attention. Paul says it like this, not a hint or a trace. You know why? Because when Jesus comes, he deals with every altar and every throne that Satan has erected inside of you. Every throne that Satan has erected, The very thing God wants to clear you from and allow you to be victorious in Satan keeps so busy on. The altar in your heart. Isn't that interesting? When you look at it like this, you say, well, I never saw sin like this. That it's actually a demon doing this to me. Okay, we read this one. We go to First John chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. You're going to learn something important here. John, t- John talks about a sin that leads to death. We all heard this, right? Yes? He says there is a sin that doesn't lead to death. You can pray for him. But there's a sin that does lead to death. I tell you not to pray for him. We know that scripture? All right. Be patient with me, please. So I'm going to share what the Holy Spirit shared with me. Uh, I want to ask someone something what do you think a sin that leads to death and you not pray for that man Uh, I have a microphone just a one word sort of thing no paragraph please why would John say that why would John say there is a sin that leads to death And there is a sin that doesn't lead to death. You can pray for him, but you don't pray for the other one. We've heard that scripture, right? It's a tough scripture. Anyone want to have a go? No one's going to talk about this one. Definitely not. (laughs) No? Paula? So there is a sin, there is a sin that leads to death. John says, I tell you not to pray for him. What is he quoting? I'll take you. We go to 1 Corinthians. We'll we'll go a different way. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 13. Now let me me set the foundation straight. John is talking to believers. He's not talking to non-believers. Is that clear? So John, he's talking about believers. He he starts off with beloved, beloved, beloved. He's talking to believers. And he says, there is a sin that leads to death. I tell you not to pray for him. Romans chapter 1 speaks to non-believers, how they're given over to their own desire. Yes? Here, he's speaking about believers. There is a sin that leads to death. What hurts God most? What hurts God most? i show you what hurts God's most. Oh, well. Okay. John is quoting from here. And this is here, avoid Israel's mistake. It says, For I do not want you to be unaware believers that our fathers were all under the cloud in which God's presence went before them, and they all passed miraculously and safely through the Red Sea. And all of them were baptized into Moses, into his safekeeping as their leader, in the cloud and in the sea. And all of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with them, most of them, For they were scattered along the ground in the wilderness. Now he's talking about all the believers from the Old Testament that died. John is speaking about death, physical death, that you actually die. Okay? And the walk was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with them, with most of them. For they were scattered along the ground in the wilderness because of their lack of self-control. Now, (laughs) when you look at each God there and each altar that the Old Testament uh, believers erected, each one was the opposite of that. Are you getting it now? What's the opposite of self-control? Anyone? Self-indulgence? What's the the final result of the lack of self-control? Disobedience? one word ah rebellion, rebellion. isn't it interesting that Paul, John and Peter he said when anyone was in a place of rebellion he said hand him over to Satan so their soul can be saved their flesh be destroyed not once could God enter a place, yes he's merciful until your last breath yes we know this I'm talking Bible here. I'm talking that believers died because of one major sin is erecting another altar in your heart. Now forget about death. Forget about death. Forget about physical death. Forget about the false gods and the different altars. Look at what God hurts and hates the most. What is it? Rebellion. Rebellion. Rebellion is the... the, is the worst sin Jesus hates because they've erected Satan in their heart because it's the lack of self-control. And isn't it interesting where Satan's most influenced, where people have no self-control. They serve their lusts, they serve their desires, and they let that altar operate in their life. Now has has anyone ever thought, why do I keep on sinning? Why do I continuously live in disobedience? Have you ever thought this? Did Jesus want to come and cut sin from your life or change your heart? You begin to think deeply. I keep reading here. Now look what it says here. Uh, because of their self con- lack of self-control led to disobedience, which led to Death. Now these things, the warnings and admissions took place as an example for us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Do not be worshippers of handmade gods as some of them, just as written in scripture, the people sat down and ate after sacrificing to the golden calf. Moses going to get the commandments of God. These people were building a different altar to their God. Now look what their gods focused on. Look what their gods focused on. Now these things, the warnings and omissions took place as an example for us. So we would not crave evil things. I showed you from before. Do not be worshippers of handmade gods. Some of them were. Just as is written in scripture, the people sat down, eat and drink after sacrificing to their golden calf at Horeb and stood up to play, indulging in immoral activities. We must not indulge nor tolerate sexual immorality as some of them did. 23,000 suddenly fell dead in a single day. We must not tempt the Lord. That is, test his patience. Now, Now we're hitting some nerves. Test his patience. Question his purpose or exploit his goodness. As some of them did. And they were killed by serpents. And do not murmur in unwarranted one of the biggest altars that Satan has erected in anyone's heart. I'm not content. Isn't that interesting? And you know what? It's not a sin. It's a demonic altar that has to be presented to the throne of grace. But can can I say something? How can you present something you can't see? You see it as sin. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Thank you. I keep going. (laughs) It It shows you the level of discernment and the level of maturity of how much you listen to what's in your heart. Can you understand this? I'm telling you, when I first got saved, until this day, my ear is on my heart my ear is on my heart <laughs> you know why because satan works behind the scenes to erect an altar where satan gets the worship i tell you it's the truth nine months i waited for this and i haven't even touched those other things Isn't that interesting? What allows greed and what allows the lack of self-control and what allows evil desires comes from one thing. I'm not content. Isn't that interesting that the greatest man of God in the New Testament said this comment, I've learned the secret of living. I've learned to be content in all things. secret? That's your secret of living. Believers today, if they're stripped from something, Lord Jesus, what's happening to me? <laughs> Lord Jesus, what's happening to me? I thought you are going to bless me, I thought you going to look after me. They don't know that every season is to rip down those altars. Every season you go through is to rip down those altars because you start to see what you're attached to. You understand? So whoever... Whoever lacks this discipline doesn't become a son. Baby, cry every time. Why me, Lord? Why am I going through this, Lord? That's how you know you're a babe. You're not a son. A son accepts discipline, and what's that discipline? Rip down every altar Satan's erected in your heart. So a son welcomes discipline because he knows that God's going to get the worship after that this doesn't, doesn't feel right at the present time it produces what? a seed of righteous living you begin to understand hang on a second I'm doing all these things because of one major altar it is the, it is the ultimate altar people going for the love of money people would get pieced by every serpent to make their bank accounts fall And I'll tell you the truth, people would get bit by every scorpion and serpent to make their bank accounts fall. And what does it say? They've been pierced by many sorrows and many fangs. And it's true. And you say, yeah, that's a blessing from God. This is a blessing from God. Everything's well. Be cheerful. It's actually an altar that Satan's erect in your heart because you're not content. And the one who's content, he shares everything with everyone. That is the truth. That's how you know that your blessing is from God. He shares with everyone. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus, when the, the Acts of the Apostles was flourishing and they were on fire, they thought nothing to be their own. Well, who would think like this here? Who would think like this here? Nothing is their own? Well. I've sweated 30 years for my mortgage to be paid off. Who would be willing to lay it down for a brother or sister that's lacking has nothing? You start to see the attitude they had. That's true conversion. And imagine you're trying to do something and God hasn't dealt with that altar. You're doing it in vain. You're doing it to please other people isn't it interesting everything they had they laid it at the apostles feet and they thought nothing that they owned to be their own anymore you start to see well wow, what grace has touched me and then it says that after that not one of them lacked any good thing and God added to their church you start to see the, you start to see the work of Christ and you start to see Which building has Satan erected in my life that feels sin? That one is the biggest one. This one. This one here. The greatest altar that God showed me to this day is the altar of not being content. Paul says, I've learned the secret of living. I've learned to be content in all things, and isn't it interesting that God shows us that we go through seasons? What? Why? What's the ultimate reason we go through discipline is to tear down those demonic altars? Because no longer do you live for yourself after that. Whatever you have, it's for the Lord. I keep going. Now these things happen to them as an example and warning to us. That they were written for our instructions to admonish and equip us upon whom the ends of the age have come. Therefore, let the one who thinks he stands firm, immune to temptation, being overconfident and self-righteous, take care that he does not fall into sin and condemnation. Thanks for that. (laughs) I'm trying to find her. Now look at this now. This is God's mercy. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well so that you will not be able to, so you will not be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Now, what is the sin that leads to death? Rebellion. And what is the greatest definition of rebellion? If you want to put it on a if you wanna hammer it and see it there, I'm not content. When someone is not content, he goes searches for many other gods. Can you understand? And that is the truth. Isn't that interesting that many many people's many people have erected an altar for God, but they're praying from the heart of Satan? Lord, can you bless me with this? Lord, can you bless me with this? Lord, when am I going to get this? It's all out of the altar of not being content. I'm talking to everyone here today. Most people's prayer life is out of the altar of the demon. I'm not happy with where I am. I'm not content with what I have. And I come to God out of another altar. And truly... Someone is not content. And all his prayer life is about himself. What he can get and what he can receive from the Lord. It's true. It's actually true. I don't know how to say it any other way. It's actually the truth. Most people's prayer life is at the altar of not being content. How many people here can actually put their hand up? Don't put your hand up. how many people can say here today that Jesus is enough for me? Paul learned that when he had nothing. You start to see, everyone can say, Jesus is enough for me, my bank is full, my house is good, but Jesus, uh, Paul learned that when he had nothing. And isn't it interesting that everything that you go through, murmur and complain, why am I going through this? I learned one secret. One secret to keep moving forward and getting momentum from the Lord, it's what? Whatever God allows to come in my path is to pull down those altars. Because I didn't know how much I love the world. I didn't know how much I love sin. I didn't know how much I love money until he started to expose those altars in me. And one would say, I never see it like that. Every experience is to get into the altar of your heart. every experience and you start to see i think I, I think i need to start looking deeply inside of me i think i've looked very shallow and you start to see the sin that leads to death it's rebellion Okay, I'll share the most common one. I'll share one of them and I'll leave the rest to next week. Okay. Now this is a massive one and the Holy Spirit also showed me that I'm going to teach how to repair broken altars, how to repair it by the grace of our Lord Jesus and how to address it for you to move forward. So be patient with me. So if you feel like you're a victim of an evil altar for what I'm going to read now, be patient with me. Don't charge at me for everyone to pray for every person today. But I will pray. Now this is a big one because I went through it. Okay? So signs you are a victim of evil altars, fear, anxiety, confusing thoughts, Heaviness of mind, feelings of paranoia, hearing voices, and making no sense in your thinking and your actions. So this is one sign that you're a victim of an evil altar. Now, I'll go one more, I'll go one more. (laughs) Emotional problems. They're both connected. You'll thank me later when you're free, in Jesus' name. So whatever surfaces now and it doesn't feel unpleasant in you, thank Jesus that he's turned his attention to you. That's how you have to see it. Next one. Emotional problems. Now this is massive a constant feeling of confusion, loneliness, feeling unloved, ongoing sadness, feelings of sorrow and grief, insomnia, restlessness, and depression. These are signs that there is an evil altar that hasn't been dealt with. Uh, Mary, come for a second. Mina went on a mission she was an eyewitness on what she saw. We went on a preaching mission, come, Hi. and she ran off and left me. <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> so me and Mary went on a mission. How many years ago? Six. Yeah. Five, six years ago. Yeah. S- five. We'll say five to six years ago. How How many years was she bedridden? Oh, many. How many? I seven. Seven. Eight maybe. years. Yeah. yeah. So the lady was bedridden for seven, eight years. And it was interesting because she came before, we prayed for her, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And the devil was trying to put a hedge between Mary and the girl. Mm-hmm. And I said, Mary, for the Lord to work, always show love and the Holy Spirit would move. So Mary chose to love her. and this, this, She was a difficult person, very difficult. We'll just keep it like that. <laughs> and um, So so we got there And We started preaching And I come to The Holy Spirit said baptise in the Holy Spirit For her to begin to speak in tongues And She said to me Just want to punch your face in
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I said really
0: Really
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I read? <laughs> no, no, that's after. <laughs> so I want to share this with you because it's important. You know this. You, you mind if I share that what she said about you? Yeah, of you, course. About yeah, you mind? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's so okay. Yeah, it's fine. So, so we were there, and she goes, "I want to punch your face in yeah. to me." And, and I said, "Okay." Punch me. And she goes, "There's too much fire in your eyes. I can't s- look at you." And she said, I'm three legions. And I'll give you a a backdrop because it connects with this emotional one. Mm -hmm. This is the only reason why I'm sharing it, because it connects. He goes, we were responsible for killing her grandma. We were responsible for drowning the two kids in the water while the grandma watched. Real, real things. You need to hear this because Christians, they're asleep today. Yeah. I, dre- I, ki- I killed the two kids in front of her. Then I made the grandma grind her teeth to her gums while she watched those two children drown. Mm-hmm. He goes, I tried to kill her. I tried to make her overdose. Every time she was in the bed, I make her feel she's unloved, she's lonely. We're responsible for this. We're responsible. And it was full on. How many hours were there? Five hours.
0: No, we were going for two hours. We caught an Uber at six in the morning, so we're there for nine hours.
1: Yeah, but the deliverance.
0: It was nine hours.
1: Deliverance was around five hours of preaching, four hours.
0: No, it started at eleven. <laughs> it started at eleven. We left at six. So what's
1: that? Yeah. So three, four hours preaching, <laughs> five hours <of> deliverance.
0: No. <laughs> eleven.
1: <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right.
0: Eleven. And
1: we got home. All, right, all right we'll yeah. keep going, we'll keep going anyways, anyways <laughs> he they said that they tried to overdose, they tried yeah. to kill her yeah. they said they said very clearly, we are the result of her emotional trouble. She wanted to kill herself because of the emotional trouble, and they said we're responsible for each one then then they then they looked at Mary, the demons, and Mary's hiding behind a flower jar or something <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. And I'm by myself. The husband's getting thrown around up and down there. Okay, I, I actually ran And I'm ran. trying to hold. I'm looking for Mary. <laughs> the other lady ran off. And <laughs> I think to myself, well, wow, this is good. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's, it's actually like that's how we're meant to get trained. God throws us in the deep end. It's actually true. And then... Um, Mary hiding behind a flower pot, <laughs> a massive flower, flower pot, and the demon looked at her and he said, I'm coming after your son.
0: Yeah, it
1: did. We're placed now, we have authority over them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all they do is intimidation and fear. But when you know who the source is, you deal with the source. See, the Holy Spirit allowed me to deal with the source. And you know what they said to me? I want to share it. Because I think every Christian, they can wake up after this. They said clearly, all you do is blah, blah, blah around the pool. You fast every week. They're saying this. <laughs> They're saying this. But that's an obedient Christian. It's not about me. It's about what we are meant to all do. They said, you pray around the tongues three, four hours, blah, 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 blah. You fast. We sent chiefs. We sent sergeants. We sent everyone to make your heart hard, and you would not. Yep. And that was God teaching me the doorway that allows us to walk in this kingdom. They know the principles better than us. I tell people today, fast and pray, oh, you know, look, i got to work. and <laughs> They know the principles better than us. All you do is go to the secret place. They're quoting the scripture and they know it's true and we don't even believe and practice it. That's what they said. You stubborn Christian. They're mocking me. And it's like God let them speak for me to to learn. And he went on. We got home. I don't know what time we got home. (laughs) But the emotional trouble. She had sicknesses, bedridden for seven to eight years. And the Holy Spirit restored this lady. Mm -hmm. I don't know where she is now, what's happening now. But what happened there was a mighty encounter. And it goes to show you the Holy Spirit dealt with the demon on the altar that's causing all these sicknesses, all these weaknesses, all these attacks. And you say, you know, believe, just have faith, believe. It's spirit against spirit. It's power of God against the power of darkness. And Christians haven't even tapped into it to actually intimidate anything of Satan's kingdom they haven't even touched it to intimidate anyone from Satan's kingdom and it's just interesting how the Holy Spirit from that one to another one and it just goes to show you and it wasn't interesting what, what they said he said I'm responsible for issues in the marriage I make them fight every day and you begin to see What's happening? What's actually happening in my life? Mm-hmm. What about when
0: he said that she was gonna the husband's gonna find him
1: in the bathtub on her yeah. birthday? If you hadn't come. Yeah, you wanna yeah, you wanna preach? No. Nice. <laughs> just share it, just share it. You remember, it's good. No I can just share it, yeah.
0: I just wanted to add that um, while we were there, the demon was going crazy at Ravs as in, why did you turn up here? Um, he told us that, that, that thing told us that um, the husband was going to find her dead on her birthday, which was the following February, if he hadn't come. So basically it was premeditated that this was going to happen if he never came in late hands. Like, yeah. So. Isn't that
1: interesting how how his plans are strategic isn't it interesting that every attack i'm sorry to say it like this now there's wisdom in this but every attack is promoted by satan's kingdom and people see people see natural accidents uh, they start to look deeper hang on a second what's happening now is there such thing as a natural accident where you keep injuring yourself or you keep having car accidents, you start to think, okay, what's going on here? And I'm not looking too much into it. It's actually the truth. And you start to see the protection and the authority that we have as Christians, and we're not even stepping in that domain. And it goes to show you how the greatest work of the enemy is to work in secret. And Christians haven't tapped in that realm of authority, power, and truth, because we're not willing to take a step. So I shared that testimony to show you what the demons are responsible for, and that was generational. That was generational. And something that I learned from that, a generational spirit or a demonic spirit, when a person dies, they don't die, they keep on working. They keep on working. Their job is just to destroy people. I'm not saying to get fixated on this and to begin to think everything's demon, but have wisdom. Thanks. Thank you, mary <laughs> I don't want you to get fixated on this and think this everything is demon, but I just want you to have wisdom, a repetitive pattern of sin, a constant enslaving and enticing to those areas it's an, there's an altar erected in your heart and I said it to you today the greatest altar that has many uh, hands like an octopus is the altar of not being content it's massive and when you see it can I tell you something when Jesus delivers you from something it does not surface in your heart anymore. That's how you know Jesus has delivered you from something. You don't feel enticed to live out of that realm or domain anymore. So be patient with this teaching, especially with the mental and the emotional. Whatever the Holy Spirit's doing now, it's for Him to get you out of a place where you're resting and having peace in the Lord. Don't look at it and say, Oh, I have a demon, oh, I'm scared. Don't do that. It's for him to free you for the rest of your life. Amen. You have we have authority over them, but the first authority is to deconstruct that altar in your heart. And you start to see sin by itself is not sin without them erecting that in your heart. So please be patient with this teaching for the rest of your life, you live a place in truth by the Spirit. It's best to go ferociously to this place and attack every area in your life that, you've er- that Satan has erected in your heart. So I'm gonna stop here now. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted to share experiences just so you can know that there is an invisible, invisible realm that comes and manifests physically to make you think it's part of the world everyone goes through this a demon of dementia and to continuously move from glory to glory Satan's kingdom will not be intimidated or exposed and all the people in your circle now they are They are struggling to get to that place to climb in the spirit because you haven't taken that step. One person's obedience paves the way for God's glory to touch every person in your circle. And it goes to show you that if you're not spiritually in tune, the rest of the people will suffer. Because you're thinking, let's just pray, Uh, Lord Jesus, forgive this sin, and thank you, Jesus, thank you. And then they stay slave, and a slave, and a slave, and a slave, and oppressed. and And this is part of the journey. The greatest work, the greatest discipline of God, is one thing, is to deconstruct every altar Satan has erected in your heart. He loves that work. Why? Because true worship is from the heart. There's no other worship but from the heart to Jesus. So bless you all. Be patient. But this is where we are. We ready? Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Like I said, don't give, don't give the enemy too much attention. Uh, i share something important before you all go. And it's very important. Please pay attention to everyone before, before you go. Listen to this. I did not go looking for it. I did not go looking for it. I didn't try to open up things that were closed. Holy Spirit took me there every time. So this is, uh, this is wisdom for your life. Don't go searching for something where there's nothing and if the Holy Spirit doesn't take you there don't try to go somewhere because the Holy Spirit takes you there the Holy Spirit took me there in dreams and visions crystal clear and that goes to show you your corroboration by seeking the heart and the face of Jesus He'll give you deliverance don't go looking for it every scenario that I had encounters with Satan's kingdom Holy Spirit took me there the Holy Spirit will take you there when you approach him in this way. Don't get ever suspicious and think, oh, it's this, or it's my family, or it's uh, my father. Don't go there, please. Okay? That's all I wanted to say. The Holy Spirit will take you there. And since he's brought it to the body, you may have dreams of where family has erected um, an altar to, to Satan You may have dreams where you have altered, you have built an altar in your heart to Satan. You may have dreams. It may come to your mind. Thank the Lord Jesus for it. Because the great work has began. Okay? So I pray for you a prayer where that work begins from the Lord. If you, if you want, you've got to want this. Jesus came to destroy every altar. So I'll walk you through a prayer that the Holy Spirit begins this great work inside of you. Whoever wants this, you open your heart. Okay, we pray. This is the time of the Holy Spirit where the work has begun. We thank you, Jesus. In your heart, in your heart. We thank you, Jesus. We pray as we enter your throne of grace by the sprinkling of the blood. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. As you desire, Lord, you work. Thank you. I pray, Lord, that every, every altar that Satan has erected in their hearts In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you prepare them and grace them with your wisdom so they can escape this place. And we escape this place, Lord Jesus, by your blood. There is no greater altar than the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for your blood that gives us help, mercy, and grace in time of need. Every altar. In the name of Jesus Christ, as Satan has erected in our hearts, we command them to be rubble. We command them to be nothing. Because greater is the one who's in us than the one who's in the world. Thank you, Jesus. Every altar, Lord Jesus, that hasn't been erected in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you remove it. And you prepare us to in depth so we can truly worship you and truly seek you from all our hearts because we will find you when we seek you with all our heart thank you jesus for this grace thank you for preparing us and helping us to move forward thank you jesus we worship you today and we thank you for all that you have done for us in the depths and